Thanks for listening to a new episode of Standby Secrets. This is Matt. And unfortunately, COVID hit Millie. Now, how many years after? I don't know. But she has COVID. But our, our guest, Tim, is still on today. So welcome, Tim. So glad to have you on the podcast. Thank you for having me. And Millie, if you didn't want to tape with me, you should have just said so. But, yeah. uh, you know, this whole COVID thing, actually, we do really wish you a speedy recovery, Millie. And um, we'll have to do this again And when you're feeling better. Yeah. Yeah. Well, too bad she's not here, but uh, the show must go on, right? So, uh, Tim, welcome to the podcast. Uh, Tim, we've worked together. I mean, since I started working there, he started working a long, lot longer before me at the airline we work at together. But uh, A lot longer. A lot longer. <laughs> Why don't you tell us a little bit about your background and you know how you got into the business and what you do? Certainly. Um, so getting into the industry, um, I actually knew from a young age that I wanted to do something that would let me travel. Um, in junior year of high school, I took a hospitality travel and tourism course for high school credit. And that uh, is where kind of really, I got the feeling that I wanted to be in the industry, but I was actually thinking I was headed more towards the hospitality side. So working for a hotel or something. Then, as a senior in high school, a legacy carrier that's in the was in the Denver area had a program for high school students to join their reservations class. Oh, and that's so interesting. It, Do they still have it? You think or no? I think it only lasted a few years, oh. and their res center's not here anymore. So I, oh, okay. I know they're not doing it in the Denver area. I can't speak to anywhere else. And again, that was many, many, many moons ago. So. I applied for and got the the chance to go in the evenings and take this reservation course. And then at the end of uh, my senior year, applied for a position with that carrier and started right out of high school. How hard was it? Was it was it challenging? It was the reservations course. And I mean, I was, you know, 17, 18 years old at the time. So it was challenging enough um, as, as a first job out of yeah. out of school. Uh, going right into my career and not going through college the traditional way yeah. of, you know, four years of full-time and all that. I took the different route. And so it was challenging, but it's it's led me to where I am today, Yeah, 20-some-oddly years later. Oh, my gosh. Um, so I was, I was with that carrier for a year, and then I left, and I thought I was done with the industry. Um, I, I took the summer off and did a little bit of traveling, um, did some cruising, Really kind of enjoyed that summer. Yeah. And then the day that I opened up the papers, deciding it was time to re-enter the workforce, very first page I went to was our current carrier. Oh, wow. And I thought, do I want to do this again? And I did. And it's hard to are. get away from, right? It is hard to get away from. <laughs> and you know what? 26 years later, I'm still here. So oh, wow. it was uh, definitely a good uh, start to the rest of my career. So we both... We both I mean, we work in a you know like the same greater department. You now you work on a different team, um, but w- what kind of was your progression? So we we work in the pricing and revenue management organization, commercial right. part of the airline. So I started in reservations, and I was in reservations for four years to the day. Um, I did a, the res agent position, supervisor, and then. Uh, decided to make a transfer into our system operations control department, our SOC. Yeah. And I went into maintenance planning. Um, things happened by things. 9-11 happened oh. right after I made that switch. Thought that was probably going to be the end of my career just because we didn't know how things were going, um, especially after having switched positions just two weeks prior. At that time, how big was the airline? Very small compared to what we like are Like how many now. planes do you think? Oh boy, thirty-ish um, maybe. Okay, okay. Yeah, give or take. And you had, and was that that was a lot more varied of a fleet at the uh, time, or not? At no, it was all seven thirty-sevens. We or were Boeing. Okay. Uh, that was before we made the switch to Airbus. Oh, okay, okay. So, um, but after just a few months in maintenance planning. Uh, the uh, position with our SOC and our SOC manager position opened up. Uh, I went ahead and made that transfer over there, and I spent about ten years there. Wow, um, that was that was an interesting, high stress day to day. The people that are in the operations in the back there, 
you know, compared to, we have a different stress in where we are now. Yeah. That one's a day-to-day, you think things are going fine, plane breaks, hailstorm hits, bird strikes. I mean, just everything can change a perfect day. Do you have uh, any stories that you kind of, that comes to mind from when you were doing SOC and manager? Uh, let's see. It's, uh, what's some of my stories there? Um... The thing about Tim, guys, is that he always he has a lot of stories. He has a lot of you stories, just gotta he's got to pick the right one. They're in there, yeah. They're back in there somewhere. Uh, I mean, blizzards. Um, we have we have all kinds of you stories. To, did you ever have to stay overnight? There's, you had to like stay we've in had the place. Several several overnights. Uh, Soc. That's one of those positions that are, uh, what's the word? Mandatory. Essential. Essential. Yeah. Thank yeah. you. Yes, essential. So if there was a big blizzard coming in, they'd actually set us up at hotels nearby because we had to be there. Yeah, uh, there wasn't. There's not a work from home for that type of position. You've got to be there and available and all of that. So we would have blizzards and we'd work through it and exactly as you would expect. Expect when you get off the uh, shift and get over to the hotel, there's a little bit of oh. You know, little party enjoying yeah yeah but uh (laughs) decompress decompress again high stress it's needed and then you would come back the next day and do it all over again um you've got crews that you're trying to figure out where they are and where they need to be you've got planes that you're trying to figure out where they are where they need to be um now back then it wasn't so part of the progression over the years we were at one time a denver central everything was in and out of denver yeah that was slightly easier to manage but now we are multiple hub and, you know, we've got Orlando, we've got Denver, we've got Philly, Philly Vegas. Phoenix, Vegas, we've got all of those. So it's a little bit more different, uh, difficult of a network that we have now. Yeah. Um, one difference, though, also back then is we also had uh, an additional carrier at one point. Uh, the the regional, right? Yeah. Okay. That was that. How did how did that work? I really I I've read about it. And did we fly some mountain stuff there too? We did. How um, was that? Like, how did that carrier work? I I you know, do you have a background? And so the, it was you know they did they did a lot of the more mountainy you know you could get from here up to I think we did Aspen at one point. We did um, God I don't remember. It's it's been years. I don't remember where all they flew. But they did have their own SOC. But we still had to oh. work together really closely. Okay. As far as uh, what we were, we being Frontier were doing, what Lynx was doing, and just how that all intermingled. And, yeah. you know, our customers were still interchangeably, you know, they would buy the ticket. As far as they're concerned, they're on Frontier all the way. Yeah. But we had to really make sure that everything worked right for that. Oh, wow. Wow. Interesting. So, yeah. af- after SOC, what's next? Where did you go after that? Because so, you were the manager. SOC manager. And SOC then... manager, and then system customer service manager. That was just a split in our position. Uh, they took one oh. direction that was more operational, dispatch-oriented, uh-huh. and then the more customer service side, which is the direction I went. That sounds stressful, too. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you know, nothing nothing better than calling your uh, airport and saying, hey, I know you have a flight with 136 people on it. Guess what? I'm not sending you a plane. Ooh. <laughs> yeah. So... Um, understandably, you know, our, our agents, when we called to give them the news, they weren't happy. Yeah. Um, one difference in our network back then compared to what we are now is for the most part, we were at least daily service everywhere we flew, if not multiple times a day. Yeah. Where now, instead of having a flight every day or two or three, we have one flight every three days. Well, we're going back the other way though, (laughs) as we grow. Slowly. Yeah. Slowly. But, um, yeah. Makes it hard with the operation. Yep. Um, so in 2000, oh boy, I'm not even going to state a year cause I'm going to get it wrong, but, um, we were purchased by Republic Airlines Yeah, and through that purchase, they started moving our headquarters from Denver to Indianapolis and I was making the decision not to go, um, how again, many, would you say how, how much percent of the people were, were going to go with maybe 20 at the most. Oh, wow. Is my guess. And I don't know about, you know, all departments, but I know in my position, nobody was going. Oh, wow. Interesting. Um, a few no of good. our dispatchers <laughs> did. Yeah, it was going to be tough. But I did go out there for a couple of months to help get set up, help train the new system customer service managers. And then in that time, a position in 
technical pricing for oh. our airline opened up. And I thought, you know what? It's going to buy me a little bit more time with the airline while I find something else. So I made that switch. Now, did uh, was Donna there at the time? She was. Okay. Yes. So um, I worked for Donna, I think, for about 11 years. And then got just some opportunity to start moving within the PRM department, which uh, spent the year, about a year, working with you. Yeah, when I started, you yeah. were on the team. And you had just moved, I think. Or would you, Probably. Did you, yeah, something like Re- that, because I was an intern, and then I went to yep. revenue management. And it was, you know, back to being in, after being in your position for 11 years, going to something totally brand new. Yeah. That was, that was a difficult change it, for me. It is quite different. But, uh, and then after about a year and a few months of that, came into the position that I'm in now, uh, which is a lot more analysis oriented. Yeah. Um, not something I ever thought I'd be doing because it's not my background, but yeah. I've been enjoying learning it and, you know, you just got to keep challenging yourself and not get too uh too comfortable yeah you need to keep keep moving and keep that mind working i can see that you you know it's a relatively small team that you guys are on that you're on now and you can just tell how intense sometimes where you have to get out a certain report or get some executive some information and i i see the 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 looks on your faces (laughs) tell me this very stressful and uh you know it can be, can be challenging. It can be challenging, but again, it's just keeping that challenge going, uh, keep the mind working. And luckily, in all of these positions I've held, I've had the opportunity to work with some really great people. Um, I mean, that goes all the way back to when I was an SOC and and everything. It's just we have we attract a lot of great yeah. people to our airline, and it's been an honor to be able to work with all of them. A lot of them have moved on to other positions for one reason or another. Or spread to different airlines. Or go to airline industry. Pretty much once you're here for a year, then you know somebody at every industry or every airline because they've just kind of gone that route. But Good for buddy passes. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'll bite my tongue on that one, but no. Um, no, really, it, it's it's just it's a fun industry. It's Ups and downs. I mean, if there's ever a roller coaster of an industry, it's the airline industry. Um, I mean, pretty much any of the travel industry. I've only been in it for whatever. If you count the internship, a year and a half, it already feels like a roller coaster. <laughs> Some of the, you <laughs> and, know, and insanely you ain't, you ain't good and nothing yet. Yeah, I know. It, that's the thing. Like, it feels like it feels like a roller coaster, but it's like these are the little these are the little hills, right? This isn't even <laughs> the big the ones. Hills. Well, you, you came in. Wait, that was a pretty big hill that you came in well, on. Well, you know, at the started, end, though, at the end of COVID. Yeah. Yep. Well, now, throughout the time, you're a traveler. I mean, we talk about travel I love at to work, travel. everything like that. Yep. So I guess we can start off. What was your first non-rev trip? So my first non-rev trip was at the uh, legacy carrier that I started with. And, again, teenager, not really knowing too much, I thought, hey, how about on a Friday night I go out to California so we can go to Disneyland? I can't imagine, though, getting flight benefits when you were 18. I was 18. I can't imagine getting flight benefits at 18. Yep. Like how exciting that must be, too. Actually, I was I was 17 at that time. Was that under the table? I'm just kidding. I was at, <laughs> <laughs> no, I was 17 because I, I didn't turn 18 till. October of that year, I think, if my math is right. I don't know. I'm old now, so <laughs> you'll have to forgive me. But um, so I, I had planned a trip with my sister and my mother and father, and we were all going to go out to Disneyland. So I'm watching the flights. Um, I'm only like in cl- – I've been in class for one or two weeks. We got in, uh, a fam trip immediately. What's that? And that's that? what I was – Oh, uh, familiarization. Okay. I wish uh, they did that at our airline. It was still non-rev, but I didn't have to wait the 30 days or whatever it okay. was to get our flight benefits and yeah. all that. So I'm watching the flights, and you know it's Thursday morning, and I'm going, okay, our flight's starting to really fill up pretty quick. So I let my dad know, and he's like, okay, I'll go out today. That was on Thursday. Okay. He gets first class. Good deal. No problem. Gets there. No issues whatsoever. So my mother and sister decide to go out Thursday night. So they get on their flight. They didn't get first class, but still, no problem. They got on their flight. They were out there. Friday after work, I get to the airport, and I sit, and I watch the plane go without me. 
So I run to the next gate. Watch that plane go without me. Go to the next gate. Watch that plane go without me. Realization it's hitting. Oh, this isn't so days. easy. Yes. <laughs> so we're at the last flight of the night, and we could go on and see where we were, and I was number 86 on the non-rev Wow. Yeah. I've never seen it that long, ever. I think 30-something. Like, like, like a sea carrier. Like an Atlanta. Uh, yeah. The, even even then, I think like a LaGuardia. No, MSP to Atlanta, I think I saw like a 30-something. Uh, yep. Nope. I was like number 86, and... Somebody came to our gate and said, are you guys the non-revs? I think you just have this look when you're going gate to gate and you're all desperate together. <laughs> desperate. And That's desperate. a look, right? <laughs> yep. And we said, yeah. And they're like, well, if you can go to Ontario, our flight's wide open. I'm like, where's Ontario? And he's like, where are you trying to go? I said, Disneyland. He goes, same distance, opposite direction. Yeah. I'm like, okay, I'll go. So <laughs> I ran over to that gate, get on the flight, get to California, now I'm having to get, and this this is way back in the 90s, so I didn't just have a cell phone available like I oh, would now. Oh, yeah, yeah, to communicate. Um, yeah. So my mother and father pretty much had no idea where I was, when I, if I was coming, when I was coming. I mean, I would have had to go find a pay phone or some phone at the airport to call them, and I just didn't. So <laughs> I think I finally got there around 2 o'clock in the morning, and I'm putting air quotes around, got in trouble. You know, you could have at least told us. I'm like, how am I supposed to tell you? Well, go find a phone. Well, I didn't. (laughs) But that was my first non-rev experience, which a lot of people would have looked at and gone, well, there's no value into it then. Well, you know what? If you pull that aside and as you start to learn how flights work, how the loads work, when peak is, when off peak is – then you can start kind of maneuvering things, and you start to learn the system. Yeah, it's and then you can really make it's it not easy to learn. It's not easy to learn. No, but once you learn it, you use it to your advantage. Yep, I, that's the best, honestly. Absolutely. Because if it, the truth is, if it's really easy, probably everyone's gonna do it, and then it'll just be like super cluttered. Exactly. Like, like yep, they would all just everybody in the airline would be using it. Yep. You know, I, ideally, you want people to use it, and I don't think you could ever expect that everyone in the airline would ever use it. Nope. But. Um, and I don't use it now like I used to. Yeah. I used to use it all the time. Now I prefer having confirmed, know where I'm going, know when I'm getting there outside of, you know, the actual issues with the flight going yeah. on time or any of that. But um doesn't mean I can't use those benefits. I can still use it for um, a discount on flights or I can use it for other travel industry discounts. So it's still well worth my time and the effort that I put in all these years to still have these benefits available. Yeah, and you absolutely you'll get them when you retire too. Yes. That's nice. I'm already past the retirement requirement. I figured. <laughs> I think I've been there what for What is the what about is the retirement requirement? So, it's changed off and on over the years, and I haven't looked recently because I was grandfathered in, but I it's age plus years of service have to equal either 55 or 65. It oh, was, that, that's easy. You just go to another airline 50, at the end of your career. <laughs> right? Or if I would have been smart, I could have gone to a hotel or car rental oh, yeah, and started yeah. on that side. Yeah, but, yeah. but I really do love what I do, and I love the people I work with, so that kind of makes it hard to hard to leave at I this point. I feel like car rental wouldn't have the same um, excitement as the airline industry. Probably not. Probably <laughs> not, but I don't know. So I know, it, you know early on you were non-revving. You told me two to three weekends a month. What was your kind of classic non-rev trips? Was it go to the airport and see where it can go? Did you have favorite destinations or types of trips you wanted to take? I'm I'm a planner, so I'm not the go to the airport and see what's open. I'll be watching things for weeks ahead of time, see what's happening, making sure that where I want to go is looking good. Um, if it doesn't look good, I'll either then opt out. And this is back when I traveled that often. I'd yeah. either opt out. Or once in a while, I might try and throw something else in if I found something. But I really wanted to make sure flights were open. And back then, I had like weekdays off. So it was, oh, you did? Okay, yeah. that's nice. So it was pretty easy to, okay, I'm going to go somewhere on a Tuesday, come home on a Wednesday because that's my yeah, days off. they're always open. It's not like right now where if you're off on the weekend, you have to pretty much, without taking time off, fly on a Friday, come home on a Sunday. That's a little more, bit more difficult. I was yeah. able to do that all the time back then. Yeah. That makes sense. That makes sense. What kind of places did you like to go to? Uh, Favorite once, once I hit 21, I liked Vegas. Oh, yeah. Um, but we had family out in California, so we quite often would go out to California, visit them, flying into L.A. or uh, Burbank. Okay. Um, once I, I like Burbank Airport. I love Burbank Airport. That's probably one of my favorite airports. 
And for a while, I mean, for years, we did, our airline didn't fly there. Yeah. And then we then finally we... picked it up just as my family left California <laughs> and went somewhere else. All of a sudden, we announced Burbank. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. It's like, oh, yeah, good timing. But uh, still, I, I do love that airport. It's yeah. Probably one of the easiest in and yeah. out. You know, you you get to the airport 45 minutes before your flight. This was back before there were so many luggage check-in times and all that that you had to worry about. But you could easily get to your flight. No problem. Yeah. Anything that's like quick like that, especially yep. in a big city. Yep. Yeah, Definitely. I mean, I get out of the small town. That's just gonna the way it is. Right, but. right. We're talking bigger, bigger city. Yeah, yeah. Or at least serves a bigger city. Do you have a craziest uh, experience that kind of comes to mind for when you were flying and doing the non-revving, um, or, or kind of it could be crazy good or crazy bad? Experience as far as the trip itself or the the non-rev experience part. Um, could be either one. Yeah, it could be either one. Because, I mean, we did we did lots of fun trips. Um, one one thing I'll I'll bring up now. I don't know if this is where we would have wanted to talk about it, but uh, I used to plan a lot of group trips out to California to go to talk shows oh, and fun. or game shows. Um, That's so awesome. It, it was so fun, and uh, some of the talk shows that we went to, we went um, Wayne Brady. Sharon Osbourne. Oh wow! Uh, Oprah. You did, did you ever win anything for on Oprah? <laughs> no, <laughs> Oprah. Not, not to diminish Winona Judd, but you know, Oprah. You think she's giving cars to everybody and whatever else. We walked away with Winona Judd CD. <laughs> CD. Okay. And it Great. Was, it was still a fun experience and one of those things. I mean, how many people have actually been to? Oprah. Yeah, or the amount of shows that you went to. Yep. Uh, let's see. Who else did we do? Let's see. The best thing we did get was actually with Sharon Osbourne. I don't remember the brand, but we got a pair of sunglasses that were like valued at $300. Oh, nice. Okay. Um, we made separ- several trips to Ellen DeGeneres. Oh, okay. That was an interesting one. I've seen this. I actually went on the set because it's part of the set tour, I think, for... Is it? Is it... Um, who is that? NBC? Or Universal? Something and like that. Whoever runs it, yeah. Right. I, I, did, I saw that on the set tour before it was done. Yep. No, that that was a fun experience, but that one, um, just like airlines, they overbook. Oh. They need to make sure they have a full audience. Yep. Um, actually, they probably overbook more so because they, they want every single plane or every single... <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. They want every single seat full. Um, they even have... So Ellen DeGeneres, she has that green room. And mm-hmm. once in a while in the show, they'd go back to it and show people in the green room. Those people are not happy, I'm telling you, because they paid for their airline tickets to get out there, oh. possibly. They're paying for a hotel, and they got to the show and were in the back of the line and told, oh, we're full, but we'll put you back here. Did you get that? We got that a couple times. but um, And those people, you know, when they do give good giveaways, they don't get it. Oh, no. We missed out on a few things because we were back there. In fact, one was her birthday show. And if yeah. you watch, she gives away pretty good things on her birthday show okay. when she had her show. Well, we were in the back, and they came and told us all we needed to leave before they did all the giveaways. Did you look? Did you see what it was? We had two people that were in it. Oh. So they got – I don't remember everything, but it was close to $1,000 worth wow. of stuff. I mean, gift cards and and all kinds of stuff. And because I did the coordinating – yeah. A few of them actually gave me some of the gift cards That's and good. all of that, which was, which was very nice. Not required. Yeah, I mean, it's yeah. luck of the draw. And because I had been before, we told them to go in. Oh, so it's a, your group could get split up. Your group could get split up. Okay. Split up. And not only could your group get split up, you may not be sitting in there with somebody that you had gone with. Oh, interesting. They're very strategic on how they sit their people. And we want you over here and you sitting next to this person. And But it's still, it's fun experience. Even with all those things that can happen, it's still worth doing. And I'm glad I spent the time doing it. What's the most fun show, would you say? Well, the one I haven't brought up yet, Price is Right. Yeah. <laughs> we made I could several see that. Yeah, we made several group trips to Price is Right. Actually the first time we went, we weren't as a group. Same thing, Price is Right. They want a full audience, so what yep. are they gonna do? They're gonna overbook. So our very first time that we went, it was the day before we were actually leaving for Hawaii. And a, this one only a couple of us went. I think we had about six to eight people. So we got there at around four thirty AM. 
there was already a huge line of people. And when you go on, it says, don't arrive before 7. Okay. Well, we're there at 4.30, and there was already a huge oh, line. Oh, wow. So we get in the line, and they start doing their counting of people going in. And about two people before us, that's it. You're all standby. No. Again, we were going to be in California anyway, but a lot of people may have flown out specifically for that. And when does the rec- when would the recording start? You got there at the 4.30. The recordings... Um, I believe it was like around like noon or one. Oh, it's wow. It's a long day that wow. you're sitting out there. Wow. So, Do you bring like a lawn chair or what? Nope. You're sitting – if you have a way to run back to your car or something, but you're usually parked like blocks away. And at this point, you don't know what the process is. So we were just in line out with just what we had with us, and that was it. I would get a, a, a car if I lived in L.A. and go along and say – you can get rent a chair for five bucks. <laughs> That's actually a That's great smart, idea. Right? That's yeah. a smart idea. Why'd you come up with that idea Entrepreneurship, now? Where were, yeah. you, where were you 20 years ago? I'm sure it's all virtual line now, right? <laughs> <laughs> I actually don't know what it is now since COVID. Yeah. And I actually would, we went back in the Bob Barker days. I have not been since Drew Carey took over for mm. Price is Right. But so the very first time we became standby. So once they went through and did everything, we actually did end up getting in. And then, again, it was about two people after our group that they said were done. So there were people that did not get in, but our whole, our entire group did. Oh, good. Okay. And again, that was only six to eight people. Um, we did have somebody get up on stage. Um, I don't think he won. I, I don't remember what his prize was to get up on stage, but he didn't, win the, he didn't win the game. Oh, okay. But it was still fun. So then I need to do my research. How do I make sure I get in? What time do I have to be there to make sure we get in? And I start reading about if you have a confirmed group, you're guaranteed in. Confirmed group. Confirmed group. So you have to have 20 or more people. Oh. Set it up with them, but you have to show up with the number you tell them. Okay. That's tough. That is tough. Everybody's got to show up. Everybody has to show up. And when you're the coordinator, there's so much stress on whoever's coordinating it because people don't realize, even if you tell them, they don't realize the impact of not showing up to something is on you as the coordinator. So we'd be, like, ready for our flight. I've got my 22 people planned. And then the night before, oh, we're not going to go. What? <laughs> so what am I supposed to do? So there were actually a couple of times that we went with groups that we did have um, – we needed to, like, run to some of the shops in that line that are along that line yeah. that we were in and say, hey, we've got two seats open. Do you want to come with oh, us? Oh, okay. Right? Okay. That's a good way to so do it. So that's how we filled it. And then we had to do that a few times. So it, it got to be a little too stressful for me, and I said, okay, I'm, after about six or seven of those trips, I was done. Would you non-rev over there with everybody? Everybody would non-rev. Wow. Every, On what day of a week? How did you have guarantee there's 20 seats something, you know? Well, so they, they tape on weekdays. Oh, okay. So that, That's that nice. right there made it easier. And then everybody would be just responsible for getting out there on their own. So we had options of flying into L.A., Orange County, Burbank. Um, well, I don't think Burbank back then, but L.A., Orange County. You just had to find a way out there. You yeah. could go out the day before. You could go out two days before, whatever you wanted. You just had to make sure you got there. And then we had some family and friends that lived in California. So sometimes we would also use them in as fillers. Oh, okay. That's fine. Um, if we needed to. But we had – every time we went as a group, we had somebody called up on stage. So that's another key. That's... Go as group, oh. and somebody will likely be up on stage. So the process – we talked about the line. That's – if you have a group, you don't have to show up till 10. So that was oh, also that's so another much better. benefit. Okay. And then you go people. in and okay. you're sitting there for a couple hours, just like along uh, benches and a, a table. And it didn't hit us till about two or three times of doing this that up in the corner there's cameras. So they're sitting there at that point watching the no people way. and what they're doing. They then, want the fun people. Absolutely. And not just the fun people who put an act on in front of the producers, which I'll talk about in a second, but they want people that are going to be fun the whole time. Okay. So after that, our group started getting a little bit livelier while we were sitting out there, but we still <laughs> had people get up, uh, get called to stage every time. So after sitting in the group for a couple hours, then you would go and they would take you in about 10 people, 10 to 15 at a time. And you'd stand in front of the producers, and they'd ask you your name, where do you live, and what do you do. That is where they're really looking at your personality. 
They could care less what you do. They could care less, you know, what your name is. I'm a school teacher from Orange County, California. (laughs) Well, uh... I feel like that's like every game show. It's like a school teacher. One of our friends in California that got up uh, when the times we were there, she was a domestic goddess, is what she said. And she paraded around in a circle. (laughs) Sure enough, she got called up. Oh my gosh. (laughs) But, um, anyway, we've had... We've had people up that uh, nobody won a car, but the one that was a domestic goddess, she got up and played for cars. Oh, wow. Uh, it was, I think it was three cars, and but it was all or nothing. You had to get the price of all oh, three, and you got all three. That's tough. But if you missed any of them, you didn't get any. So on the first two, she got the correct price. On the last one, she missed it. So we were all, now. When she looked out in the audience, I had one number. Her husband had another. She went with her husband, and she didn't get the cars. And who, <laughs> if she would have gone what, with me, yep, she would have gotten all three cars, and no I would expect way. one of them would have been mine. But, but it was still again, it's fun. <laughs> Damn, um, I can't imagine. I can't, I honestly can't imagine. Yeah, the disappointment when you're like, I knew that number. <laughs> I knew that number. I had that number. You need to look at me, not your husband. <laughs> but. Then we did have one winner of the showcase. Oh, wow. Um, it was one of our neighbors. She flew out on a buddy pass. And mm-hmm. so um, she won. I'm trying to remember. She won. Okay, I don't I don't remember what she won to get up on stage. But then she spun the wheel and won $1,000 because she hit the dollar. Oh, nice. On the bonus spin, she didn't get anything. And then in the showcase, she had done her bid and we knew based off of what the other person bid, that she was going to win. So her sweet mother was with her, who was at that time probably in her late 80s, early 90. We got uh, over and got her ready to get up on stage. So after they came on and she won, we all got to go up on oh, stage. And that's so sweet. It was so much fun. I helped her mother up there, and we had a good time. But she won a trip to Hong Kong, Oh, a new family room, including carpet. Wow. And I think a jeweled globe. So That's very new, but she cool. She some good prizes. <laughs> oh, wow. She some really good prizes. Yeah, that's really but good. It was, it was just a fun experience. And every time we'd go, we'd have some of the same people who've gone with us each time and then some different people. But it was just a ton of fun. Wow, wow. What? Why did you... Um, yeah, how was the last time you went? It's been a bit. It's been quite a while. Like I said, Bob Barker was still uh, taping. I think I just saw that Drew Carey's been doing it for like 14 years now oh, or wow. something. Okay. So it, it's been a while. I think non-revving just got a little more difficult. And again, planning, coordinating all that, it just yeah, it's it a little stressful. got to be a little stressful. And um, just different things going on in life. It's like I had to put something aside and that was it. And yeah. I just never got back to it. So... Um, you know, as you, as you've kept non-revving, do you have any really memorable trips or like people that you brought along kind of non-rev wins that you were like surprised or you got something that you, you know, you got to bring someone along or do something that was really cool that you kind of so remember? So memorable trips, I'll go a little more recently. So in 20, Christmas of 2018 at our company holiday party, Okay. Um, past bureaus do at times switch passes and trade passes and all that. So I won two positive space passes on South African Airways. Oh, nice. So in 2019, I think it was September of 2019, um, it had to be either you know a spouse, an eligible dependent, mother, father, whatever, or yeah. another airline employee. Okay. Um, my mother was not interested in taking the trip because too long of a flight. How long is uh, that? That's a re- that's one of the world's longest flights, isn't it? From the U.S. to uh, I South don't Africa. No, if it's one of the world's longest, but going because we made a stop one place before we got Johannesburg, we were on the same plane for sixteen hours. Okay, that's pretty so, long. <laughs> I think I think there's some that are longer than that, but felt long to me. Of course, <laughs> anything over like a on. certain time, it's yep. Have, I don't know if it's, if you can relate to this, but for me, you get to about six hours left in the flight, and you're like, all right. Yeah, I'm done. Yeah, the time the time just like takes twice as long at that part, and because you've slept already, you've beaten. I haven't slept though. Oh yeah, That's, yeah. My issue oh. is I have not. In in the old days, I could be awake when we push the gate and asleep before we're going down the taxiway. Wow. Probably about the last ten years, I can't sleep on a plane. So I was probably one of the only people all the way to South Africa that sat up and just watched movie after movie after movie because I couldn't go to sleep. 
Wow. But, um, so my aunt is a retired American Airlines employee. Oh, okay. And so she went with me on this trip. And one of the benefits to that, other than uh, just you know having someone I know, an aunt or whatever, accompany me, is she had recently made a very high status with uh, Marriott. Okay, nice. Rewards. So she took all of, care of all the hotels. She booked them. Nice. She did all that. I did. I paid for all the food and transportation and all of that. Um, because none of that was included. All we got was the positive space passes, yeah. which was wonderful. Because this is a trip I would never have taken if it wasn't for that. Oh, okay. But so we got upgrade after upgrade, and we'd have like wine and cheese left in our room. Nice. And one place they put us in a, a bed together because we have the same last name. We're like, mm, yeah, no, we're aunt, <laughs> nephew, not not husband, wife. Well, they didn't have any other uh, rooms with two beds, so they just gave us two separate rooms. Oh, nice. So, I mean, they, they take care of one in South Africa. That top tier is almost never seen, they said. So oh, got we were it. treated like royalty there. Yeah, it's like America. <laughs> yep. It's more common, but like you go to a different a different country, it's like way more rare. So you, I feel like you get a lot better upgrades yep. and everything like that. Exactly. But, I mean, that was a trip to remember. I would never have been able to take that kind of a trip. I would have never even probably chosen to take that kind of a trip just because, I mean, South Africa, that's just way out there. What did you but, do? What did you do there? So we spent several days at Cape Town, uh, went to the Penguin Colony, uh, which that was fun just to see the penguins out on the beach. Um, went to uh, Cape of Good Hope, okay, uh, you know, southernmost point of the continent. Um, what else did we do? We went up to the top of the... The, the mountain, right? The mountain. Okay, I know what you're talking about. On the cable about. car. Yep. And that one was actually interesting. It was the last day that we were going to be in Cape Town, and it was cloudy. So we get there with our tickets, and they're like, it's cloudy. You can go up there, but you're probably not going to see anything. And we're like, well, that's fine. We're leaving because uh, then we're going to go to Johannesburg after that. Um, so we need to go ahead and do it. So we're standing in line, and we're looking up at the top of the mountain as the cable cars come in, getting close to coming down, and the clouds just part. Perfect. So we're like, okay, cool. So we hop on. We get up to the top. It was gorgeous, blue sky. We get great pictures. We were up there about two, two and a half hours, and we were going to get on the road and go for a drive. So we decided, okay, it's time to head back down. So we're in line to go back down the mountain, and the clouds start coming back in. <laughs> so it was really like, okay, they parted just for us. That's right. I'm sure it had nothing to do with us, but still, it was, it was just an amazing trip. And then... We went to Johannesburg, and in Johannesburg, we did uh, some safaris oh, nice. over at, uh, what is that, Kruger National Park. Yeah. Um, is that something you would say everyone should try to do at least once in their lifetime, a safari? Absolutely. That was It was so cool. You know, being in Colorado, we can go up to the mountains, and you see yeah. buffalo cross the street, maybe. You might an see elk. an elk or a deer or something like that. It's so different being there where... It's a giraffe crossing the street or an elephant crosses. He turns and he looks at you and then he turns and just keeps on going. Wow. Um, we didn't see – we saw lions when we went to like an actual lion park, but we didn't actually see them out in the in the national park. But it was just still really cool. Hyenas on the side of the road. Oh, wow. Um, it was, no it kids was really were cool. along, right? No kids. Yeah. Nope. The hyenas would have got them. <laughs> <laughs> and then they would have laughed about it. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Uh, but You watched The Lion King on the way home. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's one of those things. I don't know if I did. Maybe not Lion King. Um, blended with Drew Barrymore and Adam Sandler. I don't think I've seen it. Okay. So... You'll you'll just I'm not going to go into the whole details of it, but I tend to watch movies that have like a theme of, um, like where I'm going. Yeah. So this one, they don't they went on a blind date, did not get along at all. She's got two boys, he's got three girls. Uh, through other things, they end up with the same trip to South Africa, oh. sharing the same room because they were taking over somebody else's trip, and all of that. So anyway, it was South Africa themed. So that was one that I watched just before I went and then watched on the way over there. You know, um, movies that have a destination theme, whether it's like, was it Lost in Translation in Tokyo or I don't know, any any movie really that's like really makes you feel like you're in that place. I feel like there's nothing that makes me want to go to a country more yep, than when you see definitely. a movie. Wow. I want to go there. Yep. Although, you know, I did just recently go on a cruise and I watched Titanic before I went on it. <laughs> <laughs> 
So I don't know oh that someone God. would go, oh, that makes me want to go on a cruise. <laughs> well, let's talk about that. You you uh, you love cruising. Is I that... love cruising. Um, I've been, I just counted them up. So 11 cruises, seven of them on, I've worked my loyalty up on Royal Caribbean. Okay. So I just got back a week and a day ago from Alaska. And that was our first, um, we actually got a balcony on this cruise and it's our first time because i've always kind of gone more let's let's keep it cheap you know inside cabin you can get it nice and dark go to sleep whatever but after covid and some people getting stuck on ships for two three four weeks it's like okay if i'm getting stuck on a ship it's going to be out on the balcony. And you could always jump. I'm yeah. just, no, just kidding. <laughs> you <can always> jump <laughs> You're stuck the on there too long. That's right. Or, you know, if, if you hit an iceberg, you can always jump off. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Yeah, actually. <laughs> no, but. You would, see that you would see that the ship's going down. Yes. And you would kind of know how much time you have. And, yeah. You know, you wouldn't have to be out trying to rush everybody. You could just jump off at the time you need to. No. It was just, it was an amazing, completely different experience uh, being able to watch the any icebergs or once we got in near the glacier just do it from the comfort of your own cabin you're not having to rush upstairs with people oh you know trying yeah so we avoided a lot of crowds with it and unfortunately now any future crews will be on a balcony which means i'll be paying two or three times more than (laughs) i would have otherwise you know cruises have their prm type department too oh yeah and they know what people are wanting and so they've got that figured out, and there's reasons, but it was just it was a fun experience. I actually this trip was with my mother and some of her high school classmates that oh, she had okay. just gotten close to um, reconnected with their high school reunion last year. It was their fiftieth, but it was fifty two years because of COVID. Okay, um, and they had talked about going on Alaskan cruise and. So I jumped in, and of course I kind of started the coordinating of it. And hey, let's do this cruise. I, I, and... I get the the feeling that you coordinate most <laughs> yep. of these trip, most trips. Yep. I, it's not even about like being in control. I just like, well, maybe it is being people, in control. People will know, but I people, like to choose once you've where done it a bit, once you've done it a bit, a bit, I feel like people will go to you and say, in many ways, they want you to plan it. Yes, that's my experience. Oh, they were totally good with me planning, and I didn't plan as far as you know. I'm not dealing with any of the credit cards. My planning was. This is the ship we're going on. This is the date. If you can make it, great. If not, oh, that's we'll the see best. You next time. I, I kind of like hate <laughs> sometimes uh, like going to movies or something like that. Yeah, where it's like, who wants to go? What see time? This? Who wants to see this? What movie? day works for you? And then I'm just like, screw it. I'm going when I want to go to what movie I want to go. I don't care if you're coming. If you want to come, you can come. Otherwise, I'm going without you. <laughs> yep, yep, exactly. Plus, then I can choose who we're on. You know, I was able to choose Royal Caribbean because. We're Emerald oh, members getting ready to become go. Diamond members. It's like I get to choose. So, but it was it worked really well because all we really coordinated as far as everybody together was the ship that we were on and uh, dinner. Okay. Everything else, everybody did their own excursions that they wanted. There were some that we went on together just because that's what we wanted to do and they wanted to do it. But was there a best the excursion part, or ones that you recommend? Well, the the new one we did this trip in Ketchikan, it was a lumberjack show. Oh, those are fun. It I went really to them fun. in northern Minnesota. Yes. Cheesy, but still fun. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely fun. And there's... Did they do the logging, the, the balancing on the logs? They do tr- the log. Yeah, I love that. The log rolling, um, chainsawing the log, yep. using the axe to cut the log, Climbing up a huge pole, so there's no doubt these are athletes. I mean, yeah, it is. It's a sport now. But the show itself was cheesy. Yeah, yeah, (laughs) still fun to do. Uh, You know, you're in Alaska. Got to do something like that. Yeah. And then in Juneau, we went to a salmon bake. Uh, This particular salmon bake we've done every time we go to Juneau, just because it's kind of uh, it's outdoors. It's fresh salmon over an open fire. Oh, and then, wow. yeah, it's, it's just a fun experience. And you brought us back some salmon. Thank I you. That was good. I enjoyed salmon. that. I like the salmon dip a lot. I Salmon dip was good. The the uh, smoked salmon was good. The mixed reviews were on the salmon jerky. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not going to lie. I didn't try that one. <laughs> uh, it, was, it was one of those people didn't necessarily hate it, but they couldn't say they liked it. So, but it... It was fun, and I wasn't sure how it would go bringing back salmon versus, you know, when somebody goes overseas and they bring back the candy or the, yeah. the sweets. It's like, what are they going to say about salmon? 
Um, I did put it in a corner of the room over off on the side because salmon does have. Hey, I smelled it when you. I when I was when you said the tree. I was walking. I didn't know it was salmon. I could, and I was like. I can smell it. Yep. <laughs> I can smell fish. So I, I purposely put it out just about an hour before lunch, and then it was it was cleaned up after lunch. That way, it was a yeah. very limited time a period of time that people had to sit there. I'm gonna and bring smell back it. a bunch of snacks from Bangkok. You Thai lays, I love them. I brought them back for family and friends. Yeah, they have a bunch of different flavors, like of lays, like a lot more flavors than they have in the U.S. And they're way more potent. The flavor is really a bit stronger. Huh. And they're okay. good though. There's some that are really, really good. Yep. One of my favorite, like they have like a, a spicy basil. I love it. It's Ooh, incredible. That sounds really good. Yeah, yeah. Hmm. <laughs> and when what is that trip? November. November? Okay. Yeah, we were two weeks. Okay, two, cool. Two weeks there. So nice. yeah, well, I don't even know if I said on the podcast. We got Singapore Airlines business class round trip oh, with, wow. with credit card points. Um oh, and points, yes. Um I actually got kind of like tipped off by uh one of the listeners that hey well, I was doing fifth. Well, I was talking about fifth freedom routes, and then one of them was like reminding me about Singapore Airlines one that flies through Houston. So they go Houston to Manchester, England, and then on to Singapore. Hmm. Because I was really trying to find award availability. It's very tough. Do you ever use? Do you use points or anything like that for flights? Not Some of the U.S. ones flights. is easier. To, okay. So I've we use the Royal Caribbean. Oh, got it. Yeah. Um, oh, yeah. And it's one of those. Is it the best credit card out there? Probably not. But we like to use the points off of that for onboard credits. Got it. In fact, on this cruise that we just went on, we didn't pay for a single excursion. Oh, Plus, good deal. we paid for very little onboard just because we used onboard credits for it. Do they have like a sign-up bonus on those? They do. In fact, I think I saw somebody just post something. They're giving, oh, I think it's like 3000 30000 I don't know. They've they've got a promotion going on right yeah, now, and it's, that'd be good. it's like most credit cards. They do a certain promotion at a time. If they're not doing a promotion, and this goes for pretty much any card, I wouldn't get it yet. Yeah, I have Wait a for carnival cruise down to Aruba and Curacao. Uh-huh. So I I don't know. Maybe I'll look into opening okay. one of those cards. Yep. Just to make it free, right? Not pay for like the onboard stuff. I right. guess. Yep. Um, where were we at? Oh yeah. So so we'll fly. So we'll fly this through Manchester to Singapore, and then nice. just it's a real short flight to Bangkok after that. But business class two seats, very hard wow. to very hard to find right now to Asia. Um, right. You know, I know you could do it with like Delta, but but the points value is is hundreds of thousands, right? Versus seventy thousand on Air Canada per per seat, which is pretty great for yeah. you know that was ten thousand dollars worth of flights at least. Matt, you are known as the king of points. <laughs> <laughs> you, True. In, in fact, at least, at least somebody, in the small circles of uh Yeah, somebody was asking uh, someone else about a card or something today, and and I think it was Emily, and she goes, go ask Matt. He'll know. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> you've got a reputation that you've got going on good. there. Good. Send him my way. I'll, way. Take, I'll take that uh, referral. Yeah. In a good way. No, I do give way. a lot of advice. And, you know, sometimes it is a little frustrating. Sometimes I'll give someone, like, a ton of advice. Like, I'll literally spend, like, 45 minutes researching something for them or thinking about what's the best option and sending long, long messages. Right. Explaining all the benefits of something. And then they kind of, like, just, like, don't get the they card. off. <laughs> or, like, they just, like, um, yeah, they don't use my referral link. I think that's the most annoying thing. Oh. They will be like, oh, great, that's awesome. And then they don't reply till two days later. And then when they apply, they just search Google for the card name and apply oh. that way instead of using my damn referral. Link. Oh, <laughs> nope, you're no longer my friend. <laughs> I'm like, I spent 45 minutes of my night oh, and wow. like did research for you and like figured out if, if that was a good what card was for you. And then you just kind of like didn't really give me anything back. Yeah, like I don't know. I I think that I might want to just do like um like paid consultation, right? Basically, there you go. like. Low fee, nothing crazy, but basically, if you're going to take my time, um, give me a little something, right? Well, you know what I mean? Before I like you... helping people for, re- for free on like a podcast, but when I'm doing it one on one, that's what I'm saying is Bef- like, then you should help me out a little bit, right? Before you give them the information, make sure you have your link. This is the link, okay? And this is what True. you should do. Yeah, yeah. No, I love giving information. If it's short yeah. or if it's if it's you know on a platform to share with a lot of people, right. no problem. Yeah. But if if I spend a lot of time doing something individually for you and doing research for you, nope, definitely. That'll give you a little kickback. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. But 
Now, I guess we need to get kind of get back into the non-rev loop because um, oh, yeah, we're get, get we're hearing a little that. bit of everything. So, um, <laughs> do you, are you are you generally flying on our airline? Do you ever Zed? Do you have any favorite uh, carriers or anything or experiences on flights that you've had? No, for specifically for non-revving, it's primarily our carrier. Um, I'm trying to think if there's anywhere I've gone recently that our carrier didn't fly. And again, or internationally? No, international. Again, I'm a planner. I like to know what I'm okay. doing. International you know, non-rev can confirmed. be kind of crazy. Yep. You know, like it's not like you're just stuck in uh, in Phoenix. No, nope. you might be stuck in you know I don't know Argentina or Argentina. something. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Good luck with that one. No, so I I buy tickets quite often when I fly. Ex- especially international, but even domestic, quite often I'm purchasing tickets. But being in the department that we're in, oh, yeah. we've learned you know, how to look for off-peak, how to look for peak. We know kind of when you want to fly. Now, the cruise I just went on, I didn't have too much choice because it was over the 4th of July. And so I was flying out on you know the Saturday right before. Yeah. So I didn't have much choice. I was going to be paying peak fares, but I didn't want a non-rev on that day either. You can't miss a cruise. You can't miss a cruise. Oh, my goodness. Back to SOC for just a minute. Those years, I would get calls of people that um, – because I didn't talk to customers. I talked to our agents at the airport. Yep. But they would have someone standing right in front of them in tears because they're going to miss their cruise. It's like, well, when's your cruise? Can you swim? it's leaving today. (laughs) Okay, when was your flight scheduled? It was scheduled here. So you left yourself three hours to get to that cruise ship? I'm sorry. (laughs) And you know what? When you book a cruise, please – they tell you, don't they? They yes. tell you. Yes. Go in the day before. I remember it, I booked two cruises this year, and yes. they told me that, hey, you need to find the day before at least. Yep. Especially in today's world of, of delays and, you know, the strange weather patterns that not just Denver's been in. We've yeah. all, the entire country's been in odd weather patterns and just everything going on and maintenance delays and crew delays and it's not one airline. We know that. It's several yeah. airlines. We've seen it over the holidays. We've seen it recently. We've It's everybody. So you don't know when you're booking your cruise what's going to be happening at that point. So start planning. Make that time. Get out yeah. there early. Yes, it's another night's hotel or or anything like that. But still, it's worth it to not have to stress out that morning because your flight's got a two-hour delay and you don't know if you're going to make the ship. Because yeah. if you don't make that ship and you didn't get the insurance and you didn't do all that other stuff, you might just be on your own. Do they um, say, like, could you fly to the next island? Say say you're leaving from Miami and it's going to stop in, like, Puerto Rico. Could you fly there and meet it up with it? Some of the cruises will allow you to do that. Um, I was just reading recently, though, that some have kind of gone back on that policy since COVID. Okay. But it, they might be starting to kind of bring that back. Okay. Um, but, yeah, you can go to the next port, but... Don't put That's yourself a, in this situation. Don't put yourself in that situation because, you know, our when I took the Seattle cruise, we left out of Seattle. Our first port was Ketchikan, Alaska. So you then have to figure out how to get from Seattle to Ketchikan, Alaska. Because the cruise line's not going to pay for there? it. The airline's <laughs> not going to pay for it. You know, you're going to be having to figure that out on your own, and that's an expense that you may or not may not be able to take on. So uh, just get all that in mind. Do you have a worse non-rev trip? Like, as far as the flying, or like where it kind of all fell apart? Okay, so I had flown out to uh, Orange County. We'd gone to Disneyland. Yep. Um, it was like a two- or three-day trip. Okay. We had been checking flights. In fact, this was probably one of my last non-rev trips. <laughs> when oh, wow. I, when I kind of said, okay, I'm going to start buying tickets from here on out. But So I had been watching on our airline. Flight home looked fine. Even the night before, there were like 90 open seats on it. So... Looked really good. Should have no problem. That next day, another carrier grounded their fleet. I won't go into any details, but there was an issue, and so they grounded their fleet. Like a maintenance thing, like a like an airworthiness. Um, well, me after we'll just say, say there was an issue. <laughs> okay. <laughs> no, I don't remember the full details. I think it it was maintenance related, but then I, well, we're just gonna leave it at that. Yeah. Um. Anyway, so we ended up buying the last two seats on our carrier to get home on the very last flight that night. Okay. And back then, we didn't have capped fares or anything like that. So it was, you know, I think we dropped over a grand for those last two seats. Each or two together? Uh, total. Wow. For two. Wow. But still, 
That's it was, insane. Yeah. So after that, and when you non-rev, you always know that there's that chance. Yep. But we were trying to be really careful. That morning, it still looked fine. I mean, we were really watching because we were going to go for an earlier flight if we had to um, or get a different airport or whatever. But when something like that happens, it's not just your airport that's impacted. It's a bunch yep. of airports. So all everybody else fills all out. flights out of California, we're going to have the same issue. So after that, for a while there, um, I, I still non-rev once in a while. Um, I'll use it for like Vegas or something like that. Yeah, a lot, of, a lot of flights, quite short often flight. I, right. But quite often, I don't go that route anymore. Yeah. Okay, okay. I'm also getting older. It, it was one of those things when I was in my teens, my 20s, even my early 30s, it wasn't a big deal. And then as you get older, it's like, no, this is what you want. It's a little so more tiring You can do what now. you can to get it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> now, I do have some short, quick questions for you okay. to, to wrap it. up here. So, so we can we can do a little, yeah, a little fun ones. Favorite airport? Burbank. Okay. Arrive early to the airport and relax, go to a lounge, go to a restaurant, or arrive just before the flight? Early. Early, you, early, early. What's your time? Uh, if I'm at the gate, if I'm at the gate 90 minutes before the flight, I feel rushed. So, and you sit at the gate from then? No, I, I might go to a lounge or go to, but I mean, you know, past security and, yeah. and in that way. Okay. Okay. Um, so no, I, I like being there early. Do you know, uh, Hannah's, what she used to do? Did you I, listen to I that did episode? listen to that episode, <laughs> and I'm like, "Oh, that is so not me." I don't know, I, <laughs> Hannah. I don't know if I could travel with you. <laughs> uh, are you a Boeing or Airbus? I'm gonna go Airbus. Okay, I know that's probably in passenger comfort. I'm an Airbus guy. Yeah, I'm gonna go Airbus. Boeing, maybe a sexier looking plane, but that's if you like planes. <laughs> Some people like you use sexy and you plane sexy in the same. Plane, you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Blow your points slash PTO slash cash on a luxury week long vacation or spread it out on multiple weekend budget trips. Luxury vacation. Were you always like that or were no, you used to be the that's budget changed. trips? It used to be the budget trips. Well, you have a lot yeah. more PTO now. <laughs> I have a lot more. I do have a lot more PTO than some. That's definite. Double, double than a lot of people that I work with. Yeah, um, <laughs> but I've done my time. So yeah, he's done it. Yeah, <laughs> I've done my time there. No, I, I really like. Again, I plan ahead. I want luxury. I want to know what I'm doing, what I'm going to do when I get there, and I like to be somewhere for a, a good period of time. Yeah. not not the quick weekend trips anymore. Okay. I like a week. Okay. Doesn't mean I don't do those. I mean, if I'm going to go visit family, then yeah, that weekend trip might be just enough. I may not oh yeah, want a week with family. let me back. I need to go back. <laughs> yep. Um, finally, are you aisle or window? I am window, but there's there's a big reason for the for the window because I know you can't see on the on the camera. I mean, I'm a bigger guy, but uh, I mean, you can't see on the radio anyway. <laughs> <laughs> well, there's no camera. <laughs> there's no camera. No, but I like the window because. No, okay. I, I don't have to get up very much when I'm on a flight. Okay. I purposely make sure I'm I use the restroom before yeah. I go, so I'm not going to have to get up while I'm on the plane. And I'll get put with somebody who thinks they have to get up four or five times. Oh, and that just after a while, it's like you know what? I'll take the window seat. I feel so bad when I get make the people get up. <laughs> I do too, but a lot of people don't feel bad because they'll do it. Wow. And it's not always to go to the rest. I mean, I had one that I don't know what this lady was doing. She would get up, and I think the first time she went to the restroom, then she'd get up and she'd like walk halfway back the plane and then turn around, come back, and then have me get up again to get back in. It's like you didn't even go do anything. And then 20 minutes later, she'd do it again. It's like, okay, I'll be like, we're done. You're, you're taking <laughs> you're the aisle. Seats. Yep. yep. <laughs> but no, I, I like window too. I love, I don't get, I am so fascinated, even still, when I watch out and like when we're taking off, I'll video. On airplane mode, obviously, but I'll tape as we're taking off just to be able to see, you know, watch it later of the actual yeah. liftoff and all that. And I'll take pictures of like cloud formations when we're above. And I just don't see people doing that. It's like, what are you people doing well, on a plane? What are you doing in a window you seat? Ever, you ever get the approaches over the mountains or leaving the mountain yes. over the mountains? Oh, yeah. I, that's the best. Love and those. especially when you're low altitude, we fly out of the, I've told you about the airline, uh, JSX. You got to try yes. them out sometime, man. They're, he lives near, right by the airport. I live right. Remove. I mean, we're talking less than a five-minute drive from my house yeah. to JSX, so I'm gonna have to try them sometime. Spacious, free drinks, and they free go to food. Burbank, right? They do, yeah. So Burbank. they go to my yep. favorite airport, 
and they also and go Vegas. to Vegas, which yep. is one of my favorite <laughs> destinations. You know, just for just for fun. That's your next non-rep, and it's easy to non-rep. Maybe I should generally. do that. Maybe In, I should do that. They add, they have two flights a day, a lot to a lot of places now. Okay. Even one like after work to Vegas on Thursday. Well, I mean, we would go on like a Thursday, but yeah, it's. It's okay. generally pretty open, and you can see their loads right on my ID travel. Let me know next time you're going mountain, and I'll, maybe I'll go with you. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, it's 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 fun time. So yeah, uh, yeah. Well, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. Thank it's, you for having me. It's an hour, and it's flown by. Wow, that that went really quick. <laughs> and I know you have so many more stories, but um, well, thank you again. We'll, yeah, we'll have to do this again when Millie's feeling better. I know. Yeah, yeah. Hopefully we'll, she we'll get together heals up quickly she yep. told me this morning she goes i have a little cough and i was like, oh yeah me too and then it was COVID. <laughs> uh, but i just i pretty much always have a cough actually unfortunately you know that's but thank you millie for you know watching that and watching out for us and not yes. showing up tonight and spreading it to us because that wouldn't have been good uh work-wise to yeah. have to do that again i had COVID in january for two oh, days oh wow and, ugh. Not fun, but I had a long time ago. <laughs> I, was, I was positive for 14 days, oh, so wow. that was two weeks working from home. Wow. Well, but, thank you so much for joining. Thank you so much. And yeah, we we will uh, see everyone next week, and we have even more guests. Unfortunately, not Millie uh, until she's you know testing negative, I guess, for COVID. <laughs> but it's we'll still have some more guests, and you'll see Millie soon enough. But thanks so much, Tim, for coming on, and uh, we'll see you guys later. This episode was sponsored by Staff Traveler, the number one app to get your non-rev loads. It is used by over 600,000 people from all airlines in the world and built to make your non-rev trips trips easy and stress-free. Sign up now for free at stafftraveler.com forward slash standby secrets. Bye.